Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, what's up, guys? Uh, my name is Adam McRoberts with Big Things Crewing, and um, I'm going to do a podcast with my buddy, brother John, here today. We are in the dojo, quarantined from the rest of the world, trying to stay away from the coronavirus. And uh, so, yeah, we're hitting out, and uh, we're going to do this thing. Um, looking for support. You guys can support us many different ways. You guys can follow us uh, on online. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, we have a website. It's big-things-crewing.com. You can look us up on there and... Um, we have a few different services. We're offering coaching programs for the year 2020. If you guys have some uh, ultra marathon aspirations, we can uh, get you to that finish line. If you guys need coaching programs for anything else, we can help you out there. We are guiding people up and down the Boulder Peaks. Um, so if you guys come out and visit Boulder at any time this summer, we can uh, give you a guided tour up and down any of those peaks. And um, we are offering crewing and pacing services for ultramarathons as well. So if you get into Leadville or you get into other, some other Colorado race and you don't have pacers and crew set up, uh, give us a shout. We can set you up. Uh, we can make sure you guys get to the finish line. And yeah, that's about it. That's Big Things Crewing. And I'm here with uh, my buddy, John Peralta. And... Uh, I am going to start with, uh, um, uh, uh, let me bring you guys back. Let me bring you guys back to 2007. Okay. So 2007, I am um, training martial arts. At the time, I was training Kikido and Jiu-Jitsu at this little place in Wisconsin called AKF Martial Arts. Shout out to AKF. And um, one day, uh, my instructor came in and he said that there was this there was this guy that was interested in training jujitsu, and he had he worked weird hours like I did. He worked uh, like a night shift, second shift job like I did, and he was looking for somebody to train with in the morning. And at the time, this is this is back when jujitsu was um, not as as widely known as it is now there wasn't a jiu-jitsu school on every single corner um so yeah it was a little japanese jiu-jitsu school and most of the time we trained brazilian jiu-jitsu in the evenings and i was always looking for somebody to train early in the morning with and he came in he's like there's this guy that that wants to train i'm like all right well you know whatever that means send him in and i'll talk to him we can figure something out and so um one day and walks this big, crazy Panamanian dude. Who, <laughs> like, who is this guy? And, but he was really nice. And, and uh, right off the bat, I liked him. He said he wanted to start training jujitsu. And uh, like most people that came in and out of the school, I figured he would train for a week or two and then disappear and whatever. But, you know, I took it for what it was worth. And um, I was I was down to meet this guy and, and teach him everything I knew and... Um, turns out, um, not only did I teach him everything I knew, he taught me everything he knew too on a, on a spiritual level, on a physical level and many, many different levels. So here we are almost 15 years later and, uh, we're in the dojo recording a podcast. So what's up, brother John? Awesome. What's up, Adam? How you doing? Good. 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 Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me. Of course. Of course. It's always awesome getting back together again. I know. No matter how long it is, you know, it's always like yesterday when we (laughs) get back together. Well, the last time I hugged you goodbye, you you said, 
about, I don't remember exactly what you said. The Adam and the John story isn't over. Yeah. Or something like that. Over, it's yeah. not over yet. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the saga continues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we've had a lot of uh, good times together. We've trained hard together over the years through a lot of different stuff. So, um, yeah, man. Tell us what's up. Yeah. So, so going back to those days, kind of to the beginning, I, I remember, you know, I had just moved to that area and I had left, you know, in, uh, you know, where I'd lived before, I just didn't have the best people in my life. It was kind of a negative situation. And I had gotten to that point in my adult life where I had realized that I had the power to do whatever I wanted. You know, I had gotten to a very low part of my life and I didn't really like myself. And I don't know. I, I spent a lot of time at the time I was fasting. I was so upset. I wasn't really eating a whole lot. Um, and I kind of shut myself in a room and just was like, wow, I can't believe I've become this person that I just really didn't like. And I was just so disappointed in myself. And when I was at that lowest part and where I just hated myself the most, I don't know, a, a light switched in my mind and I said, oh, wait a minute. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to hang out with these people no more. You can move if you want to. You can get out of this situation. You, you know, you, you can do whatever you want. The situation isn't making you. You can make the situation. So at that point, I just said, all right, you know, I'm going to do that. And I ended up moving and uh, moved to, to Janesville. And uh, during that time, you know, I just thought that I had always heard, you know, from being in Taekwondo, I guess, actually, you know, from when I was at, in a young age, I just remember that being good people, that that sport was a respectable sport. It wasn't a bunch of, you know, braggers or, you know, people looking to just whoop your ass. Everyone, you know, there's a, a good, healthy community, people that were health conscious. Um, and they were able to share that through martial arts. And I thought, oh, well, that would be cool. And at the time, you know, the UFC was super young. And they had just, you know, just this jujitsu thing was just coming out where dudes were just killing. You know, the Gracies came in and just changed the game. And, you know, little dojos were starting to offer it. There wasn't really school so much. And so I remember moving, moving to Janesville and, you know, getting the job, not knowing anyone at work, not knowing my neighbors. And then just going through the phone book, you know, back then when they had phone books, you know. That's and how you found AKF? You know, yeah, just looked at martial <laughs> arts. And then I, I went awesome. in and I called a bunch and I said, hey, do you do jujitsu? Do you have jujitsu classes? You know, that's what I wanted to learn. And I found out the times and, you know, like you said, I was working second shift. It was kind of an odd shift that was kind of the middle of the day into the, the, the late night, the late evening. And... Uh, yeah, I talked to Master Holden, and he said, yeah, we got this guy. He has the same thing. He's been having a hard time making class, but, you know, he's high enough. You know, he was a, you were a brown belt, I think, at the I'm time. Saying, yeah. And he was like, yeah, he's high enough where he could, you know, he can run the show and, and show you things. So, yeah, I remember us going there and just, yeah, loving the, the being able to bond with someone over a sport. You know, and not, you know, and staying positive and creating that relationship, you know, and, and, and laying that foundation um, and, and learning from a humble person, you know, someone that was willing to, you know, not only work with me, um, but, you know, let me tap them out at the beginning a little bit. You know, I know those days, there's a few times where I knew you were going a little light, you know, towards the beginning just to see, hey, you know, we would work on something for a week mm -hmm. and then you would kind of let me get you just to see if I could finish up. And I remember times you saying, now finish it, now finish yeah, it, you yeah. know, like cheering me on, oh, there, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and then I remember just yeah getting to the point where, you know, we had, we were working on whatever and we began repping things out because we could only, you know, once you learn all these tools, you know, we would, it, it was like, we couldn't really learn no more. So it was like, let's go back to the beginning and begin repping all these things. And we'd do like 30 reps on every single move, whether it was, you know, not just submissions, but, you know, the, the sweeps, the and, sweeps and the transitions yeah. and the escapes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the takedowns even, and, and refining all those to the point where we were really proficient in all those areas, you know, and we're like, you know what, we're gonna have to find a new place, you know, mm -hmm. and little did I know that during that time, you know, because it was, 
this new sport because I was starting over my life. I had pushed into that, you know, that new timeline where I was like, this is me now. This is what I want to do. Um, and, and that love, discovering more and more of this sport that I would grow to just love so much and doing it with someone else that was also passionate, you know, not even realizing that that determination was, in, you know, increasing that, that courage, you know, that, that confidence in the sport and how we were getting disciplined in that repetition. Yep, let's do, you know, and then how instead of looking at it like it's this big gap of time where we're going to spend a couple hours just repping moves, instead of it being a mundane, you know, repetitive thing, it was like we began enjoying it. All right, let's do our 30 triangles. You ready? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, you know, and those escapes and, and really holding each other down and holding each other back and getting harder and harder on each other, but encouraging each other, you know, like, oh, you're, oh are you going to get up? Oh, you almost got out. All right. Wow, that was close, you know, and being on each other and just encouraging each other, even though we were combatants. We were just that encouragement, you know, and I think that was that sweet spot that would just continue to grow, you know, throughout our relationship, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, well, we cared about each other, and we wanted each other to get better and better at the sport, and we were starting to put a lot of time in, and gosh, we'd probably been training for, or had we been training for like a year before yeah. we decided to do a half marathon? Right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, we'd been training for like a year, and then I got this wild hair for some reason, and... You know, I always thought that I was going to start running and doing triathlons like later on in life when I was like retired. I thought, yeah, I'll probably do some, some Ironman someday, but I never really thought I was going to do it when I was, you know, a young man. And I just came, I just remember coming into the gym one day and John was there and he's his usual self giving me a big hug and. I was like, I think I'm going to start training for a half marathon. And uh, I remember your eyes got really big and you're like, no way. Really? And then you're like, I'd be down for that. <laughs> and it was like the last thing I expected, you know? Right, I didn't right. I didn't really think you'd be interested in anything like that. I, I was right. just kind of telling you in passing and right. I was like, really? Okay, right. well... All right, man, we got to start training for this thing. Right. I mean, this is this is the race I was going to do up in Oshkosh, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we both signed up for this race and and then uh, you know, at the time we'd never run that far. So 13 miles is, you know, when you've never done that, of course it's epic. That's yeah. super far, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so we start putting in these training runs and, you know, since we were working second shift, we were like putting in these training runs in the middle of the night. <laughs> I think we did like a six mile run at first and uh -huh. it just about killed us both, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, and then oh. we're, we're working up and, you know, to run a half marathon, you got to do a 10 mile training run or so before the, before, like a few weeks before the race. So I just remember like, we're going to do this 10 mile run. It was like the middle of the night and it was just like this. We're just looking at each other like no matter what, man, no matter what, <laughs> we we're going to do, do 10 tonight, yep. 10 we, miles, yep, no matter what. It. If we can't do 10, if we can't, we do, can't 10, do 13, yeah. so we're doing it. We're doing no it. What? Well, I don't care if I'm bleeding, I don't care if I'm crawling, we're yes. doing it. Yeah. You know, and I'm researching all this stuff online, like how to prevent blisters and what kind of shoes sure. to wear because it was all so new. And having no idea that I was eventually going to get into running, I just wanted to just do this little weird goal, and yeah. I was just happy to have a buddy on board. So, yeah. yeah, we just started training super hard, and we went up to Oshkosh to this race, and we didn't know anybody up there, oh, you know. Yeah. I think it was, like, cold and kind of snowing that day. Yeah. And yeah. we are just, oh, like... Yeah. We we're just like at the starting line trying to get all pumped up. Right. Like, come on, man, yeah. we're going to do this. We're yeah. going to do this. Yeah. Half marathon, 13 miles, man. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And we were all pumped about it. And yeah. everyone's just looking at us like we're crazy. Right, right. Yeah, I remember <laughs> being psyched at people in the car, you know, like we're looking at people and, you know, now understanding that running culture, like it totally makes sense. But back then, you know, we're used to the MMA, jiu-jitsu, combat yeah. sport culture. So we're pumping each other up. Like, <laughs> yep, we're going to kill this. Yep. We're thinking about those different spots that we had trained. Like, yep, remember, you know, we ran that Core Street Hill. If there's any hills, we're going to eat them. You know, come on, hills. Hopefully they got 12 hills. I hope the whole thing's uphill. You know, we're just rousing each other, getting ready, you know, psychologically just getting ourselves mentally tough, you know, getting ready to do it, you know, and just seeing people run around and almost, you know, it's different, you know, when you come from that combat sport, you know, it's so, it's so, you know, 
animalistic in a sense. You know, your lizard brain is really your reactions. You know, you're training, but once you're in that 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 competition and they say fight, your body almost goes into automatic, you know. So before that moment, you're always looking at your competitor like, all right, kind of sizing this guy up. Do I, you know, and in your mind, you're like, am I acting pissed? I'm not going to beat his ass. Or, you know, what does he look like? You know, do I even want to look at him? Am I going to ice him out? You know, there's all these things. So mm-hmm. seeing these great people walk around, they're smiling, they're, you know, and we're looking at them, you know, totally different. Like, I'm kill that guy. So, yeah, like, this is weird. <laughs> nervousness almost. Like, you're looking at people, you know, and it's not competitive. And we know that. We just want to finish that's what we were saying we just yeah. want to finish yeah. but still coming from that you know we're we're psyching ourselves out and encouraging each other you know and it's at this this combat sport intensity you know what right. i mean like and i don't think that that's usually in that runner's community but we just totally brought that you know we're like, okay yep, we're gonna go no matter how hard it is we're gonna last if it's five rounds ten rounds shit we've been practicing 20 rounds you know it doesn't matter uh, uh, it's so funny looking back on how we approach that yeah, oh, yeah. not knowing anything uh, knowing two, nothing you know two jujitsu mma type dudes <laughs> two like, morons just trying to do this you know, thing let's check it off the list oh yes. yeah that's on time so yeah so we ran a half marathon of course we finished it and it was all fun and yeah. then we got our little t-shirts afterwards and Just took and, a bunch uh, of hands met a bunch of cool people oh, yeah you know, was yeah. totally accepted into this community yeah, yeah people saying oh it's your first one you know yeah, and, yeah. 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 oh dude it was fun yeah <clears throat> and then so yeah, so then we kept on training, and we and so and then, then in the jujitsu world we started doing tournaments. Yeah, and uh, we did quite a few tournaments, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah, and 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 you, I'd already done a few tournaments at that point. Yeah, but you had got we had gotten to a point where we had outgrown even the gym. Where, yeah, yeah, you know it was just me and you. We had perfected everything we could, and we were super proficient as fast as we could be at all these different moves, you know, our like bag I, of tricks. Like, know. I had taught you pretty much everything I knew at that point. Right. And then we had just gotten to this level where it's like, yeah, we're going to have to start going elsewhere. Right. You, you know? know? Like, we just totally outgrew this. We went yeah. to an open gym, and I remember I wasn't, for whatever reason, I wasn't able to make a lot of them, but by that time I went there, and I remember all the people that were tapping me out easily and just clowning on me all of a sudden I would just I was they couldn't do any of that mm-hmm. and I would allow them to try things and I could get out of everything mm-hmm. my escapes you know that was the biggest thing we worked so much on escapes yeah. that the way I would escape would be so quick you know and I remember, yeah, I remember. and then and then we we were we we're such huge Marcelo Garcia fans oh yeah you know? Marcelo and there was that there was that DVD or whatever I forgot what that one of us had the DVD yeah, I know I yeah. ended up getting a bootleg of it but I remember watching that one part the arm drag over and over and oh, practicing yeah. and then we got to a point where that Saturday where we were choking everyone out we were ending every single match wait what was this at a tournament or no what? not at the tournament at, at a Saturday at the open open mat at for AKF oh, and AKF? that's when we were okay. like not only have we outgrown each other holy cow we need to go to bigger places and yeah. you were saying that you're like yeah. we need to find a place in Madison and like mm-hmm. I think there's this one place you know this Badgerland Jiu Jitsu place mm-hmm. and then we went there and yeah once again you know we were the new guys coming in yeah. but we had these bag of tricks where immediately they're like oh yeah those guys get to the backs that's what their deal is you know <laughs> and then they would do the running those cycles that they were talking about where they would do the push ups and then the down ups and then they would do the mountain climbers yep. Yep. the burpees with yep. the mountain climber yep. um and yeah, we started just running those cycles. And I remember at the beginning, they're like, well, we do these things. And yeah, it was tough. You yeah, know, I remember yeah. Senpai saying like, yeah, these are, you know, we, we're going to run cycles. You yeah. know, we're going to do yeah. a lot. And people puke off this, you know. And we were just like, yep, regular business. Can't like, make okay, us puke. Yep, let's do it. Oh, you want to rep this out? Okay, fine. We're repping this out now. And just apply that same mentality, you know, to it, you For know. Sure. And I think... One of the big things, and we were kind of talking about this earlier, was, you know, how we, without even knowing it, it's like we we, we learned how to surrender to that pain, to that repetition, to the mental side of it, where it's like, all right, body, it's time to do this, and you're going to do it. You don't get to tell me no. I don't care if you feel pain. I don't care what you feel. I'm pushing the button that says run. I'm pushing the button that says do this cycle. I'm pushing the button that says we're repping this out 30 reps, and you're going to do it. 
you know, I'm going to rep this out and we're running 10 miles. We're running this whole thing no matter what. It don't mm-hmm. matter. I'm mm-hmm. pressing the button to say go, you know. And we got to a point where we embraced it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't only the surrender side of it. It's like we looked forward to it. Mm-hmm. Like it became that rush, you know. Like that feeling of, okay, here we go. It's, it's about to be real. And yeah. your body is just like, you're really going to put yourself in this situation, in this cage. You're going to mm-hmm. put yourself in this tournament mm-hmm. with other people that are advanced that they're looking to get a tap on you. And some of them don't care. If they can hurt you quick enough before the ref stops them, mm-hmm. back then, that's what it was. Yeah, It was almost oh, yeah. a badge of honor to hurt someone and be like, oh yeah, I broke his leg. Yep. Oh yeah, I did that knee bar. Yeah, he's out for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it just mm-hmm. happens. I mean, the ref didn't. I know and he didn't tap quick enough you know and there's guys that don't tap right exactly you know I mean I remember hearing a couple elbows crack when I was doing Kimuras and the person wasn't tapping and I'm like dude are you cool because I'll keep going but I'm hearing it's starting to crack you know but there's people that weren't like that you know but yeah yeah I remember us going out there and then as we yeah went to these tournaments yeah, people would have the fancy moves. There was always the showboaters that were awesome to watch. You know, the people that could do the flying arm bars and the flying triangles and all that stuff. I mean, that stuff was always fun to watch. But we always just took we, it back to the basics. All we did was the base. That was yeah. it. It was simple. Yeah. We yeah. were just trying to get to the back and yep. we were doing it. We just it wanted off. to choke dudes out. You know, yep. And we had a set of different ways we had our little you know road map of how we would get there and if someone took us off course a little bit we knew how to escape and get back to our position to get back on track you know Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean i remember that one tournament like the dude just did not know what was going on and you just arm dragged him and you got like fastest fastest submission at that point and the whole rest of the night people were watching and i think it was like you know, Red Schaefer or something who ended up getting quickest com- submission, you know, or whatever. But for a while there, everyone was like, holy shit, did you see how fast that was? You know, because, and it was just basic. He gave you the arm. He did uh, not know. And we had repped it so many times. So many times. That, yeah. yeah. And I he know. was completely out too. Like, it was a thing <laughs> where he didn't tap and you just, yeah, it was it was automatic. It was like, like I said, you went into that animal you know, the lizard brain part was firing and you're just all automatic. Like, yep, I've repped this move a hundred times. This is my body knows what to do. Well, it's funny because I remember that dude, like I remember squaring up with that dude and that dude was bigger than me. Uh And I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. This could be ugly. And And he was a purple belt. Really? Yes, you were brown belt still and he was a purple belt. And I remember we had even talked about it the whole time. He's like, yep, my first, it was your first one. You're like, yep, put me up against a purple. I guess go big or go home. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh yeah. Yep. And it was, yeah, it was like a fight or flight type of thing. And uh-huh. yeah, I just remember like arm dragging him to the rear naked choke and I had the choke, but it wasn't quite perfect. I'm squeezing and I just remember you going, you, you're like, just chop his head off. Chop his head off. Like, yeah. Move that hand like this, you yeah, know, yeah, and I'm yeah. squeezing yeah, and squeezing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That was the lingo. Yeah. <laughs> and we, yeah, we would just yell at each other like, you know, Encourage, like we knew each other's language, yeah. so you could yell something encouraging that would scare the other opponent. Like yeah. if you had somebody right. in an armbar, I would just yell, "Break his arm! Just yeah. break his arm!" Yeah, yeah. And then you know that guy and his whole team are like, "Oh no! Tap! Tap! Tap!" Oh, yeah, to throw in the towel. We yeah. had no intention of right. breaking the guy's arm, right. but come right. on, man, right. yeah. that's just how we talked. Yeah, that's that's really what it's all about. Yeah, for sure. Oh, oh that was awesome. Oh yes. Yeah. We had some good tournaments, and then, and then all of a sudden, I don't remember exactly how it went, but just like out of the blue, all of a sudden you were gonna start fighting MMA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I remember, you know, helping so many people, you know, over that that course of that you know year and a half, just helping other people train. And, you know, being kind of the jujitsu guy to, you know, and then getting used to wearing the gloves and seeing the difference when you have gloves on, how to still use the same. And, and you know, a couple of MMA, you know, places that are those classes that they would have, a couple of them I was able to make. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I could, this seems like the next level. I wouldn't mind trying the next level, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And then, yeah, just deciding that, you know, instead of taking, you know, six weeks that I wanted to take more like six months, you know, and I went to Senpai and I was like, listen, I want, I definitely want to do it, 
And it wasn't that far after we started going to Badgerland. It wasn't that long after we had begun going to Badgerland that, that I went to Senpai and said, yeah, I do want to fight, but I want to do it in like six months. I want to be, you know, no question that I'm going to, you know, win this fight, you know. Is that who you went to first yeah. when you had that idea? You went to um, Mark Severson first yes. and told him that you wanted to fight? Yep, yeah. And that's how it started? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I just said, yep, I definitely want to do it, but I definitely want to wait like six yeah. months. He said four months. I said, hey, man, I'm down to do it in six months. And okay. I think I ended up doing it in five and a half from there. Okay. Um, okay. But then, yeah, I wanted to make sure my stand-up, because I had done Taekwondo. That was from, you know, age five to eight yeah. You know? yeah so yeah i needed to learn you know that's when the mwashi started and we mm -hmm. just beat ourselves up mm -hmm. you know with that's where i learned about that and then leg kicks and then that first that first fight which you know you took the video of and it's on youtube yeah so if you you're, see you're it, fighting it a guy named chuck painter yeah right you can yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can see the it's awesome because you hear adam the entire time you know he's going nuts he's going know? ape shit man you know? and he was able i i was able to secure tables for our team and all that yeah. so everyone's up front close yeah it's great you it's had all these fight. dudes from work yeah oh all, all these types people of people there, there. Yeah. yeah 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 but that same situation it was the first you know, quick out of the first round, the dude hit me, you know, pretty decent to wake me up and say, man, I need to get this over. He pushed me against the cage. And then I was like, wait a minute. Why, why am I? I was kind of in shock, you know, because my yeah. body's just like, whoa, I'm, this is reality. My first fight. Oh. But then all of a sudden, in this, that still small voice says, hey, why don't you just arm drag this dude and get to his back? And I remember him pinning me up against the, the, the cage and his arm was kind of exposed. Uh -huh. I just... Moved my, I grabbed his wrist and moved my body to turn it into an arm drag that he was pushing me against the, the cage. Mm -hmm. He pushed himself into the arm drag, mm -hmm. and then yeah, just arm drag to rear naked choke. Yep, yeah, choked him out. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah. Was, that was the first round, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I that was, it was crazy. It didn't feel like it. It wasn't much over a minute. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. I remember just going nuts, you man. Did. Yeah, it's awesome. We were all just screaming. awesome hearing you in that video. Oh, yeah. dude, I was so pumped. <laughs> yeah. And then I think I was like rattling the cage. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah. Oh awesome. man, it was so fun. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, dude. Yep. And then so yeah, I'm sitting there thinking, holy crap, man. Like, like I've been doing this stuff way longer than Brother John. Yeah. And I taught him everything I knew, and he just walked right through this guy yeah. like it was nothing. Yeah. I was yeah. like. I wonder if I could ever do this. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I didn't really have any aspirations to get into MMA. I just enjoyed jujitsu, And then... Uh, and you were beginning to run a lot more. Yeah. And you are starting to transition where you were starting to, you know... You would still be there, but, you know, making... You were definitely running a lot more. Yeah, I was running a lot like, more. Now yeah. I want to do a marathon. Mm -hmm. Now I want to run my first 50 miler, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and now I'm going to start training harder for that, you know, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and devoting more time to that. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was awesome too. And like, wow, yeah, why not? I would like to do a marathon too. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I remember telling you that when we had had this conversation mm -hmm. and you're like, well, there's this crazy one called the Dances with Dirt. That's like the hardest core one. That's like you got to sign your waiver right here, waiver your life in case you die because it's that serious. Right. It's all yeah. over, you know, Devil's Lake, you know. Yep. And I'm like, sounds perfect. Sounds like the one we were made for, uh -huh. you know. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. I remember saying, well, I'll do that one with you, but you know, you got to do an MMA fight, you know. Then with yes, me, I know. And uh, yeah, and I wasn't about to back down. No, I was oh, like, no. really? Okay, you've been thinking. All right. It, yeah. Know? I was like, yeah. all right, we can do that. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of mileage yeah. out of that story over the years because people can't believe it. Like we really, it was just, it's, the conversation was as simple as that. Like, yeah. well, okay. If you decide to come and run a trail marathon with me, then I'll do an MMA fight with you. And it was just like that. Yeah. And you know, when you say that to people, they're, they're just like, what? Like it's pretty hard to comprehend, and thinking back, it's pretty funny that yeah. it was just like it was just a simple conversation, right. and boom, there's the next year of our life. All right, right we're training now; right. it's right. on. Right. <laughs> we right. took it so seriously, you oh, know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, man. So, what, what did we end up? The race was first, right? The race was first. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So. I had already, so I just took a hiatus, basically, where we still were training a little bit to keep up with everything, but I made it more run, you made it more run, and then we, we trained for that Dances with Dirt race, mm -hmm. which, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that was just that <laughs> whole thing running up that devil's bluff uh, or whatever yeah. with the yep. steps carved yeah. in. Yeah. And they're like, you That's know, the old course. Yeah. Dancing it's not, with dirt. It's not the seven inch, you know, it's not the regulation, it's not OSHA regulated steps. <laughs> they're fucking like one foot steps, you know, where you've got to high knee it up that, you know, yeah. you've already been running, you know, five miles through the prairie with just yep. hot sun. Now yep. you're running through the forest with, you know, ferns that are, you know, just over your ankle and there's logs in there. So you got to be careful when you're running <laughs> through there and you're looking for a little bitty orange flag. Like, oh, there's another one. I guess we got to continue that way. Like, oh my gosh. That was a tough, tough oh, course. That was just rough. That, that was, was the first course. marathon, right? Yeah. yeah. No, that wasn't my first marathon. Okay. I think it was... But I think it was like my second. That was my first one. It was yeah, your yeah, first. Yeah. yeah. My first marathon was That's why, Madison yeah. was right. the Madison Marathon on roads. Uh-huh. And as I was training for that, I kind of discovered trail running and then started leaning towards towards that. And then yeah, so so you got in and, and when, uh, also when we made that agreement, I didn't think you'd come through with your end of it. Uh-huh. I really? Yeah. What? I mean, <laughs> well, we, that's right. We were still pretty young in our relationship. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're, like yeah. I knew you were a tough guy. We've yeah. been through some tough stuff, but right. I, I thought there's no way he's going to finish dances with dirt. That's yeah. a legit tough marathon. Right, I was like, right, you right. know, he'll get three quarters of the way and then right. cramp up and then I'm going right. to get out of this and I don't right. have to do this thing. But right. sure enough, right. you finished. Right. Right. And I was right. like, oh, yeah. shit. I all right, right, so now I gotta fight somebody. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. And I did cramp oh, up. I oh, did. <laughs> Remember, I ran an extra eight miles because I took the wrong way. <laughs> Remember, and I went to the wrong checkpoint, and they're like, "Uh, where are you trying to go?" And they're like, "Oh, I'm supposed to be here." And they're That's like, "No, right. man, you're like way away, dude." Uh, yeah. Dude. So like you gotta take this way. Don't worry, you can get back, but you gotta go all this way. This is the shortcut. It was like a five mile shortcut. Did not go back to eight miles. Yeah. So yeah, I remember thirteen oh, miles dude. more. Thirteen miles more than I needed. <laughs> yeah. I was, so that was your was first ultra marathon. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was. It was without dude. you knowing it. I remember you saying that. You're like, dude, you ran so much, man. That's amazing. Dude. I'm like, yeah, man. I feel alive. I like feel alive. I'm alive. I remember I had so many blisters. I didn't know my. I didn't know you could get that many blisters. Yeah, bloody. I never felt. I felt it in the knees and in the hips and even in my back. I remember. Like, oh. Holy shit! My shoulders, everything from just moving. You know. Yeah. And I remember just shuffling along at the end. Yeah. People being like, "You cool? Yep, I'm fine. Yep. Got this. I got it. I'm making it. I couldn't stretch out. If I stretched my leg all the way, it would cramp. If I went anywhere back farther, it would cramp. Like yeah. I was wrecked. Yeah. Most wrecked, definitely most wrecked I've ever been in my life really yeah oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. we drove yeah. separate and yeah. I remember getting into my car and right there my muscles were pulled like just getting into my car and trying to put my leg in my muscle was my muscle was pulled <laughs> I had to just sit there and basically like scream inside my car you know with all, in the middle of all these other cars you know yeah just yeah screaming with the windows up oh. yeah so much pain but yeah feeling alive but loving life feeling <laughs> alive it's what we do yep, there just you go. another day yep, there you go you're oh, you ready classic yeah. yeah that was crazy that was a great time yeah um, man so yeah so then we went from there to train we went right into training for our fights at yeah, that point yep after after our legs were back I know it's like okay yeah. we, we have had like a day and a half to rec- right. recover it's right. time to start rolling real light and right. start working the lactic acid out right, right. you know yeah and the best part was when you when you told Senpai when you told Mark oh, that yeah. you were gonna do it because oh. like before that like I don't know how long was it before that when you said maybe that he had talked to you and said uh, yeah so so yeah, so I had mentioned this conversation. I had mentioned to Mark Severson, senpai at uh, Badgerland Jiu-Jitsu. You know, I, I asked him like, "Dude, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm maybe gonna take a fight one day." Like, what are your thoughts? And and he's like, "Dude," he's like, "You keep on training for like a year or two, and you're gonna be a beast." And I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, okay." And then we had this little agreement, and then you ended up running the race, and then we started talking to a fight promoter on the side without senpai knowing about it. We agreed to fights. We had dates set, and then I was a little bit nervous, man, because at this point, so we're training at 6 a.m. up in Madison, up at Badgerland Jiu-Jitsu. 
And I was like, well, I'm going to have to tell him that I, I took a fight, man. Like he told me that I won't be ready for a year or two, but I'm fighting in like, like four or five months. <laughs> so I was a little bit nervous about it. And I w- waited till all the way after class. We'd already trained. He's in his office. I came out of the locker room and he, I look in his office and he's in there by himself. I'm like, senpai. I was like, um, what do you think if, uh, if I took a fight in like, uh, like four months? I don't remember exactly how I said it. I, uh-huh. It was something like uh-huh. that. I was like, dude, I think I'm going to fight. And, and I didn't tell him I, I had signed with a fight promoter. Right, 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 I didn't right. tell him that. I was like, right. I think I'm going to fight in like four months. Right. And then all of a sudden his head kind of looks up. He looks at me and he goes, dude, you're going to be a beast. <laughs> I was like, oh, right, thank God. Right. He's on my yeah, side. I was yeah. like, I got Senpai's yeah. blessing because yeah, yeah. I was really nervous about that. I, I was afraid he was just going to say, you're not ready. Get right, out of right, here. Right. You know? Sure, sure. <clears throat> yeah. And then, yeah, I remember getting in the car with you and I was like, oh, thank God. Right, Senpai right. said I'm good to go. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, that one that I'm going to be in. Yeah, he's going to be in that one. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but that was back when, you know, fighting wasn't sanctioned in Wisconsin. There wasn't really too many rules. They yeah. didn't have the blood testing in as they do now. They yep. had like, people were just getting hurt bad. They yeah. would, you know, back then it was like, you know, if a club had, you know, maybe a kid that didn't pay his dues or maybe they, they did have a dude that didn't make it all the time or maybe he was kind of the cocky dude that was there trying to prove something and was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. You know, sign me up. I'll get in a fight, you know. And then there'd be, you know, clubs where they'd have, you know, a good amateur that was on his way to being pro, you know, that records are everything. You know, the quicker you can get that better record, the more we're recognized, the more you can get higher money, higher earning, higher fan base. And, uh, you know, being able to do things like a flying arm bar and a guy that's totally not suspecting it, you know, it looks a lot better, a lot better fights, you know. And back then it was like the wild, you know, the wild west. It was a lot wild more west. Shit. You know, people were losing teeth, finding people in the crowd are getting teeth in their hair, you know, just crazy stuff, blood, you know, them washing up the blood in between matches, but, you know, not stopping fights as quick as they do now, you know, yeah, and yeah. the you know, refs were kind of amateur. And, yeah. And, yeah, man. And the crowd would get into it, you know, and yeah, nuts. they would set dudes that, you know, maybe, you know. They would, they would do deals, you know, between clubs. Like, mm-hmm. hey, man, set, mm-hmm. set my, this guy who's on his way to, nah, you know what, I got three guys that don't pay their dues that often, we don't really care. <laughs> we got a couple pro guys that are looking good, and we got a couple amateurs, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I remember, it was it was a dirty game. That so you didn't know who you were going to get set up with as, for a fight. Right. You know, and you didn't know who was on whose side right. and maybe the maybe this guy's a buddy with the fight promoter right. and he's been training for 10 years longer than me but he's right. buddies with the fight promoter so you know they're trying to set him up a deal with an easy win like right. yeah you didn't it wasn't necessarily fair and we didn't really know who we were going to get but right but yeah. we were down though we were down and we yeah were, and we knew that it was a jungle like we weren't you know, it's not like that first fight that I was in, you know, I mean, Chuck Painter was a pro fighter. And back then, it was taboo for a pro fighter to go back to fighting amateur, you know. And if you remember that fight, they switched our fighters the night of the weigh-in. So I went from by all the way up into the fight. Remember, I was fighting another kid really? who didn't have it was going to be his first fight my first fight that was going to be okay, it okay I do remember that now yep. yeah and remember. then and and, Chuck, and they made you the main event yes that's and, what I mean oh I was getting thrown to the world it's your very first fight oh, and you're yeah. like oh all of a sudden you're yeah. fighting a pro and yeah. it's the main event exactly and I, I was remember like, going well, to you and being like luck, dude. dude yeah right yeah you're like, the same probably yeah. not going to go well yeah right hang right, in there buddy right, right yeah well that's what you were thinking I mean yeah. that's not what you were saying because you know what we had been to you know but in your mind I'm sure you were because fuck my bro- my body was telling me that too oh, yeah. that's exactly what my body was telling me my body was like dude this dude they put you in a pro fighter I remember senpai being like hey big john you know I think you could take anyone man I know you I think you could take Tito Ortiz right now and I believed it I was that's just like awesome. you know what yeah. I have and my body Fuck it, I'm pressing go. I'm pressing run. I'm pressing arm bar. I'm pressing arm drag. I'm I'm getting to the back. I'm doing whatever. I don't care. Body, you're doing it. And my body's just like, what are you doing? 
You're about to throw yourself in with this guy. You already know it's a dirty deal. They already gave you an out. You're not going to take the out? What the fuck, dude? You don't know. I like my arms and legs and the way they work. You know, I don't want to be in a cast. You just saw teeth in some dude's hair. Really, dude? You know what happens, man. Yeah. Dude ended up being a, the coach of one of the teams, but... That's right. Yeah. I remember that now. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So you, we knew what we were getting into, but that just was like... You know what? We know what we're getting into. Yep. So let's train our asses off. Yeah. And we, we trained for war. Yeah. We there trained was, for yeah, war. Yeah. We trained. We went like, as hard as we possibly could. Yeah. Apocalypse level. Like, for sure. Apocalypse level. Yeah. I mean, we were researching like how the Olympians train, like how do gladiators train. And, you know, at the time, this information wasn't readily available. It's not like you just look online and, and, and you know, find an MMA camp like a couple blocks away. Right. It wasn't like that. Like, so, okay, so our training schedule. So we worked second shift and we got up at like 5 in the morning, before the 5, like 4, four or 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And then you drove from Beloit to Janesville to meet me. No, I was living at Orfordville at the time. Oh, Orfordville? Yeah, because okay. that's where we do the Olympic workouts. Yeah. Too. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. But I just, we, would, yeah. we would meet at like 5 in the morning and then drive up for a 6 a.m. class in Madison. Uh-huh. And that was like 45-minute drive, yep. right? Yeah. And so we would drive up there, tired, exhausted, train for like an hour up yep. there yep. at 6 o'clock at Badgerland Jiu-Jitsu, and then drive it like 45 minutes back to Janesville. And then we would go train at that that martial arts school that was on Milton Avenue. Uh-huh. No, we'd go to AKF because you had the key. Oh, AKF next? Yep. Oh, that's yep. right. That's because right. Because they did the lunch. We'd be there by lunch. Yes. Day. Okay, you're right. So then, yeah, we'd go to AKF and we'd train there for another hour, yep. hour we'd and a half. Nothing but reps. Rep. Yep. Yeah. Rep, rep, rep. If anyone yep. wanted to join us, they were more than welcome. But if yep. it was just me and John, we would just go yep. ham. Just and go if we, hard. And if we learned something in the morning at Badgerland that we really liked, yeah. we'd just rep it. We'd for, rep it. For, out, for, an hour, for a couple it. hours, usually. Because yeah. we wanted to make up our drive time so we'd be like oh let's just do it two uh, hours yeah so then we train for at least an hour or more at akf uh-huh. and then like no shower nothing just change clothes and we yeah. go to that next school at on milton avenue yeah. i don't even know what the name of that place was do you yeah. i don't even think it was there all that long yeah but there was these two dudes there i think their names were dan and dave yeah. and they were a couple of hard dudes and you know we would do a bunch of calisthenics and work out there, and they were a little bit more boxing oriented. So we'd go there and we'd work on our stand up, and yeah. you know they, they they said they wanted to learn jujitsu from us, but I don't remember doing a lot of jujitsu yeah, there. Right, right, <laughs> they didn't right, really want right. to, which you was know? fine for us. Yeah, it's fine. We needed to work on our stand up game, yeah. so we would. And then we work second shift. So by the time we get to our afternoon jobs, we've already trained three to four hours right. in the morning. Right. And we were doing this at least three, four times a week. Oh, yeah. You Easily. know, Always Easily. four times, yeah. And then we're training on our own separately as well. And then on the weekends, we would get together and do anything anywhere with anybody. Right. Like whoever we could find that was right. training somewhere. Yeah. And back in those days, it wasn't readily available. Right. And so... You found these dudes down in Belvedere yeah. that were working out, oh, yeah. in, out of, in like some barn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so we would drive all the way down there yeah. to fight with these strangers. You know, yeah. we'd do some sparring sessions down there. And right. again, these dudes were trying to make us puke. Right. And there's no way you could make us puke. Right. They'd right. be puking. Yeah. And uh, we were just like, all right, let's yeah. keep going. And we'd do all these workouts. And then we'd put on the headgear. And then we'd yeah. do some sparring with these dudes. Yeah. I it, remember- it was pretty rough down there man I mean it, that was not like a martial arts school where you go in and sign a waiver right. it was in There's a no barn yeah. where these guys were pretty rough and yeah. if, if things got things weren't always friendly there right, right. you know yeah. things got ugly once yeah. in a while yeah they had some they had some good boxers there uh-huh. that you know when you went in the, with them they were like trying to knock you out they oh, yeah. didn't care you no, know they, they were care. using everything that they had just learned and being the new guy and not knowing that much uh-huh. oh they would pick you apart and they liked it you yeah know, for yeah. sure well like a new martial arts school when they or like a martial arts school when they see new guys coming in uh-huh you know, all the guys that are mid rank start looking at those guys and sizing them up, going, oh, th- "Oh, this is the guy I'm gonna take apart and yeah. I'm gonna practice all my shit on." Sure, and right. everyone would look at us like that, right. and then they would train with us once or twice, and they'd go, "Oh, okay, well, yeah. I-, I guess uh, these guys are gonna be teaching us a couple right. things." Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and and we were always as friendly as we could be, like. Yeah. 
you know, you have always had a super positive attitude. Like even right, right when I met you, you were like super, super positive, always giving everybody hugs. Like, where did that come from? Um, I don't know. I think, I think a big part of it came from like where I had been, you know, where I had been at that, that lowest part of my life, you know, I kind of, I, I had a opportunity to, to be introspective, you know, and I, I think I, I found who I was. I remembered who I was. You know, I had grown up in a really strict Pentecostal Christian, you know, family. And at school, at, you know, when, when it was, uh, I went to a, a Christian school growing up at Cornerstone Christian Academy for a couple of years over by Viroqua and Westby. And just the way that the community acted, we all hugged each other. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ, you know. There was just, there was this love. And... That had just, I remember, you know, um, when I was five and I first asked Jesus into my heart, feeling this weird body buzz over me. It was mm-hmm. just weird. It was almost like the tingles, like that you get the chills when you get the chills. Mm-hmm. But it was just a little bit more intense. I would say about times two that feeling. How old were you? Like five. Wow. Right? And we were all holding hands in a circle. I remember we were in the basement of Faith Tabernacle. And for me... I, the, the time when I feel that tingling most is when I can, like, with complete, like, brotherly love, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, the philos love, you know, like, interact with some, philos? you know, I think it's, isn't it, it the, the different loves, there's the agape love, and there's ah. the, 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 I think it, because I know Philadelphia, it's the, the city of brotherly love, right? Okay. So... But having that 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 brotherly you know love with other people, I think I was able to when I was in that lowest part, and I came out of that, like it renewed that you know when I was introspective and I went back to my roots and I realized you know my my belief in God had changed so much, but I realized that you know from my beliefs that was you know that was the Creator and that was someone that made me that allowed me to do whatever I wanted in life that gave, gave me permission compared to animals and mother nature that don't have, you know, they go off instinct, you know, us, we can make that choice to say, I could do whatever I want. I don't have to live this life. Wow. I could change my life right now. Wow. All right. Great. And when I set into motion, I'm able, like the universe responds, the creator responds. All of a sudden the people that you meet, I want to meet better people in my life. I remember writing a list of different things that I wanted to do. And jujitsu and, and and combat sports really gave me the opportunity to knock three or four of those things out. I wanted to be healthy in my life. I wanted to learn a combat sport in my life and become proficient in it. Um, I wanted to be hang out with better people. Mm-hmm. You know, these were things that I had wrote. You know, my goals. You know, that came in fru- fruition with figuring out, learning this community. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so yeah, so. That that's kind of where all that that that's came cool. from. Yeah. So is that something you always had, or did you lose that for a while and then it came back to you at a later age at that introspective time? Oh yeah, for sure. It was really? something exactly that I had. I think I had lost, and it's not that you know it was always in me. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had to re-tap into that, mm-hmm. and it took me getting to my lowest point. And really, it's almost like I I look at it like it was this weight that was holding me down. To the point that all I could do was hear that voice, mm-hmm. you know, that all this other shit that I thought mattered, you know, because mm-hmm. I was one of those zero fucks given type of dudes, you know. I mean, I moved from Wisconsin to Las Vegas, Nevada, and out there, you know, there's so many con artists, you know, I remember, you know, and, you know, my best friend, the best people that I, you know, ended up, you know, creating the best relationship with that called me brother mm-hmm. was you know one was a hell's angel son and the other was this mexican vato that was a crazy you know both of them crazy cool motherfuckers mm-hmm. but they were serious motherfuckers mm-hmm. and they taught me the hardness of vegas okay. and the hardness of life and that how how to test people you know and, and gave me from and i went from a country boy to becoming a like an awoke country boy in the city mm-hmm. you know the mm-hmm. city limits mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and um and I'm and I'm thankful for that. But yeah, during that whole thing, hanging out with them, that was my life. You know, 
more of a life of road rage and I didn't care about getting out of my car and I had I didn't care about getting in fights with people, you know, and being like, what the fuck, you know, not knowing anything, being young and dumb at 20. 20s, you know? stupid, yeah. Yeah, no. thinking, yeah, I were, you know, working for NADN, making the most money of my life, National Audit Defense Network at the time, you know, making really good money and then getting out of that and going into the website, you know, industry for a little bit, you know, and making good money. And in Vegas, you go to the clubs and you mm-hmm. can you know, hang out with the DJ, you know, you order the DJ a $500 bottle of champagne because your check was 3600 and, you know, whatever dollar, you, you just made three grand in two weeks time from your, your sales, why not? And then the DJ comes, hangs out with you and then he's getting you in other clubs for free, you know, just because, you know, I mean, like, it's really cool, you know, that life for a little bit, it was really cool, mm-hmm. but holy shit, it made me hard, you know, yeah. it made me like, fuck fuck the world zero fucks given you know mm-hmm. and that I didn't realize that that wasn't who I was mm-hmm. you know that I had gone from that Christian household and being like getting outside of that and being like wow I feel like I've kind of been lied to that this secular world they say it's bad but there's a lot of good people in it and mm-hmm. it's not as evil as you say mom and dad what the mm-hmm. fuck secular what the fuck mm-hmm. this shit's cool mm-hmm. you made me afraid of sublime because of the color you made the cover like, holy cow, they make great music. Holy cow, there's some awesome shit out there, Bob. What the fuck? You know? And then diving into it and going just so deep that I didn't even realize. You know, I had the weight of the world. You know, everything I don't want to be, here I am, and I don't even realize it, you know? And then that's where I make that transition. And I think that was a huge part of our relationship because... When we had met, that was the start of my transition, but, you know, you were going through your own transition. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my 20s were, you know, um, sort of a dark time. Now, looking back at the time, I didn't think they were so dark, but, you know, yeah, a lot of partying, just a lot of nonsense. And sure, I had some good friends and stuff back then, but I was definitely living a life um, that I knew wasn't, wasn't my best version of myself and I wasn't putting my best foot forward and um you know I was getting into a lot of fights and just you know like typical knucklehead 20 year old kind of stuff and and we had a really similar similar background and so yeah when you and I met each other that was you know shortly after the time that I had just kind of woken up a little bit and and said, you know, I want, I want to do better. I want to create a better life for myself. And, you know, that was a gradual process. It didn't happen overnight for me, but you know, that was definitely kind of a turning point for both of us. So in a way it was just like this crazy blessing that we ended up meeting each other at these, this weird time in our life and just, uh, you know, going down this crazy path together. Yeah. So no it's doubt. nuts. Yeah. yeah. So, so we had, we had grown. So, so I got to add to, to these situations. So when we, we would do all these trainings, all right, just to jump back to where we were, like it was, it was crazy how the mentality that we had taken that we when we first started and how we just continued expanding on it, how we gained that that confidence in that we don't care how hard it is, we're pushing go, you know? And so we transitioned from running running the big hills, you know, running the big hills. We, we transitioned from running the big Court Street Hills in Janesville and saying, yep, we love it. This is where we live, you know, yep, ooh, we've been loving you, Court Street Hill. Oh, here we, here she comes, yep, are you ready? Yep, let's sprint it. Bridge you know? that place? Oh, yeah, that was the other one, yeah. Oh, oh I totally forgot. Yeah, the other big bridge, right, when those late night runs, yeah, we just, we had this weird embracing of the surrender, you know, where we would just surrender to whatever part it is, the pain of a situation and say, you know what? I'm going to even press go harder. I'm going to full throttle up this thing. Oh, you hurt legs? Who cares? Let's go farther. Oh, you hurt lungs? Who cares? Breathe harder. Get your shit together. Oh, you feel like you're going to pass out? Fucking who cares? Just keep doing it. You know, like, you probably will figure out. You better figure it out, body. You know, your body's like, what are you doing, you fucker? And then you get to a point where you're like, what are you doing? You do as I say, you know? Yeah, it's just, yeah. It, it was it's like embracing the suck. Right, masochist, you know, for pain, you know, and suffering. Like, yep, we're 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 in in total control, you know, of this machine that we're running, you know. 
We are not the we are not this body. We tell this body what to do. We are something else, and we're saying go. Yeah, here we are. These, you know, crazy mixed up spiritual beings having a human experience, just wanting to do big things. Yeah, you absolutely. know, it's like. Like, what do you got? Yeah. Like, oh, you want to you do this? Okay, let's do it. Let's yeah. go ham. Let's do yeah. it, man. Yeah. I remember so, yeah. one of the times when I moved to uh, Orfordville, remember we used to oh, always yeah. do those wild <laughs> workouts where, you know, we would find some new thing to do and we'd be like, yep, let's do it 100%. Were you, you finding that stuff online? I was, remember I had that buddy who would, like, I think he got some stuff off Pirate Bay or something. He burned me a bunch of different things. And right, that was the beginning, the whole, like, beach body, you know, stay at home, 20-minute-a-day workouts. Like, just do these reps and all this other stuff. So we would get these different things. And I remember, yeah, like, I think I even got a... a a Boss Rootin book, a whole book of things. And we got, we were looking up, like you said, how Olympic wrestlers train and what muscles we're trying to do. We'd look for anything we could find because the information just wasn't out there like yeah. it is now. Right. Yeah. So we would go, I remember we went to this this elementary school that was nearby my place in Orfordville. And they had this perfect jungle gym there where you could just climb all over. And that was this new monkey type that we had learned from like some weird Greco-Roman, I think it was like Matt Fury or some shit, you know, some crazy hardcore, like, yup, here's how you do monkey workouts on a gym if you got this. And it was like the perfect place, right? We were going to build up our grip strength yep. and all, oh, all yeah. these calisthenics. We were doing pull-ups. Yeah. We were crawling around on soccer goals. Yeah, we were doing just sing, single, yeah, oh yeah, the soccer goals. Yeah, those were our friends. Yeah, they had, I forgot about that great thing we had there too. Yeah, we were doing fingertip workouts all types of stuff right Crazy stuff. and then we would take tires we would lug tires oh, like yeah. just regular car tires we'd lug them with us <laughs> it was our gear so we'd walk from my house like and i think it was like three or four blocks away yeah. right yeah. and we, so we'd lug it and i remember there was one hill on the way up and we'd always sprint the hill with the tires just to make you ready to sprint this hill look at this hill yeah let's do it oh yeah hell yeah let's, it's our hill you know we're gonna eat it so we'd sprint up this hill, go here, do this weird workout, and then we'd start throwing tires. We'd throw it over our heads backwards, walk to it, jump on the other side. We would do these other things where we were running, holding it one way, holding it another way, throwing it back and forth. We were doing all types of crazy shit. <laughs> and then I remember, like, so this is what we would do in between going to the place at noon. So we'd get up early, go to Badgerland. Then we'd go to AKF, and then we'd go all the way to Orfordville to my house to do these crazy workouts, right? And at first, you know, we didn't get in any trouble, but then, like, I think after, like, the third or fourth time, I remember it was, wasn't it a sheriff? Oh, yeah. It was yeah. a sheriff that just came across the lawn, and we're throwing tires and shit, <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah, they're not, they're not here for us. We're not doing nothing, you know? Yeah, we're just working out. Yeah, and he's like, you guys can't do this, you know, during the day when school's in session because you're distracting all the classrooms. And we didn't realize it, you know, because we're just out there to hang out and do it. We don't, there's no one there. It's not recess. Well, it's funny because you know? he walks up to us, and the first thing he said is, what are you guys training for? The Olympics? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we were getting reps in. Oh, we were saw what we were doing. Yeah. It was a while from the street to walk to where we were to talk to us. So meanwhile, we're running this hard. We're trying to get reps in. We don't even care. Like, our focus is on this. We're going what hard. we're doing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. dude. Yeah, that was great. And then we had to find a new place. And we, uh, we ended up having to switch schedules around so yeah. that we could still hang out there after school hours. We kept it going, as yeah. always. Yep. And people wouldn't realize it, you know. We would go and we'd go to these weird boxing gyms in Belvedere, this barn, right? And all it was was these retired pro fighters from Illinois, some of the best of the state. And they were just hanging out. A lot, of, So many greats would come through there. Um, and they would just hang out and critique everyone and there was all these young up-and-coming boxers like there was this weird boxing circuit in illinois that would go through rockford and this guy didn't charge nothing he didn't care they had all this equipment and we had our own equipment anyway so and that was the big thing you know you could use their equipment but they only had so much mm -hmm. and anyone was welcome they were always trying to get people in there 
you know, so that they could box with them. And, and really, they, you know, they would have refined fighters, you know, like you were talking about, the mid-range, you know, that would want to mm-hmm. pick apart the new mm-hmm. guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember my first time going there and them saying, we're going to make you puke every new guy. This is new guy. And they were giving me a hard time. And they didn't know me, of course. Mm-hmm. But I had heard about this place through the grapevine. And uh, I remember my first time, that, yep, you're going to puke, yep. And they're almost like it was a rite of passage. Like, I remember one putting his arm around me, and he's like, you're ready to puke, you guy. You know, <laughs> like, super redneck dudes. And I'm like, all right, let's do it, whatever, I'm down. And in my mind, my body's, as usual, like, dude, you're really going to kill yourself. You're going to fucking puke. I don't want to puke, dude. Like, my body's telling me this. And I'm like, nope, green button, where it says go, dude. Fucking pushing it hard. And, and I remember at the end of the reps... Like, at the beginning, I'm just learning, you know, and they're doing these different cycles with the medicine ball. They're slamming. They have one person slamming the medicine ball on the other one's gut. They're doing all types of old-school boxing. They had all the different equipment you needed specifically for boxing, you know. So we're doing these workouts, and it's three minutes, 30-second break, and then right back in three-minute rounds. And they're trying to see how many they can do. And I think we are up to, like, 15 or 16 when finally people are like, all right, that's enough, you know, because I wasn't puking and the other dudes are just slowing way the fuck down. And I remember at the end, I'm just kind of showboating because the whole time they're like, you know, I'm keeping up. But at the end, I'm like, all right, whatever, let's fucking full power, body. You're still doing it. Like, I was like, I'm not puking. What's wrong, body? Like, can't you take this? I remember talking shit to myself. Like, I'm pushing, go even harder. Full throttle. You got more. Look at these. Look at these dudes. Uh, yeah. 